Welcome to the Faith Radio Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. For this series, we're reading through the first six chapters of Daniel, and our hope is that as we study the lives of Daniel and his friends, you will be encouraged to stand up for your faith while also exhibiting courage, wisdom, and respect. Today, we're talking about Daniel chapter 3. Joining me each episode is University of Northwestern Bible professor Anna Rask. Welcome, Anna. Hi. Thank you. I'm having a lot of fun. It's good to be here. <laughs> this is so much. It's so interesting. I know. There's oh my so goodness. much beyond just what we're reading in the text. History, context is so important. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. So today is the chapter that probably <laughs> yeah. a lot of people, if they went One to the Sunday most school iconic. ever, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll know that one. Yeah, Shadrach and Betty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we're at. <laughs> and so is there is there more background, you know, or why don't you set the stage yeah, for us? Yeah, I'll set the stage. And we talked about in an earlier episode how when I wrote this workbook and I, I had students in my class uh, give me some of their questions and thoughts and opinions. This first point I'm going to make is one that the students pointed out to me. In chapter two, uh, we didn't talk too much about the interpretation of the dream in our last episode, but in the dream, Nebuchadnezzar sees a statue of different metals, and I think that they're representing different empires. And Daniel tells him, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, you are represented by the top, the, the head of gold. That's you. And course we later see that this rock comes and destroys the statue (laughs) but that's the kingdom of god saying hey the kingdom of god is is reigning forever unlike these human kingdoms so nebuchadnezzar has just been told he's the head of gold on this dream in the statue dream and then in chapter three as a student pointed out the, the student goes Wait, but now he's building a golden statue? Does he just have like some god complex? And yeah, he probably does. Sounds like it. Yeah, now he is building a statue of gold. So is he trying to replicate what he saw in the dream? I don't know. But I think some time has passed. Uh, This is an undated chapter. Okay. Uh, But I, I imagine some time has passed since chapter one, given at the end of that chapter, he is praising Daniel's God. And now in chapter three, he's trying to kill some people that worship that same God. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'd like to think something happened between Mm -hmm. now and then, and we don't get all the background. What's interesting is that this statue was either a representation of Nebuchadnezzar himself, or it was a deity. But as I've, I've learned, it wasn't a chocolate bunny. Yeah. It's more than a chocolate bunny. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, you, why would he necessarily have to make a deity or a, a statue of himself if he's right there? I don't mm-hmm. know. But I think it's probably more of a deity. In one case, it doesn't really matter because the command is to bow down and worship it. And if you don't, you'll be thrown into a fiery furnace. So we see that the religious persecution against the Judean exiles intensifies. I mean, again, a threat of death. And for Ancient Near Eastern people, uh, Babylonians, they were polytheists. They're like, oh, okay, another thing to worship. I'm good with that. And they could bow down. But for the people of Judah, they had one God, and they were not supposed to be uh, participating in this ritual. And they had a choice to make. Will they conform and bow down, knowing that they could be thrown into fire within minutes if they don't? Or do they literally stand up for what they believe in? And, I mean... 
the Ten Commandments are pretty clear. You shall have no other gods before me, and you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. I'm the Lord your God. I'm a jealous God. And they know it. Mm-hmm. And so at least for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they are not willing to bow down and worship this idol as, it, as if it were in some way equal to their God. Well, and we saw back you know, with the Israelites back with Moses mm-hmm. when they built a yep. golden calf. Problems all over. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 There are consequences. The other thing my students point out, um, it's a pretty provocative question. Uh, where's Daniel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Daniel is not mentioned in this, st- in this chapter. And the story is actually also silent as to if there were other Jews present. Did those Jews conform? Did mm-hmm. they bow down? I would want to caution us from making assumptions because the text doesn't say it. So let's just go with what the text actually says. And uh, all it's telling us is that some people bowed, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego kept standing. Did not. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, because we we hear this story a lot Mm -hmm. as when we're children and we, Mm -hmm. you know, the flannel graph or Mm -hmm. the veggie tales or whatever. And I think it can, it's those versions of it, which while appropriate for children, if we leave it there, mm-hmm. I don't think we get the the gravity yeah. of what was happening, yeah. the gravity of the decision that those three men made to not worship anything yeah. but God, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And I, I know the word persecution gets thrown around a lot, but there are people, mm-hmm. there are brothers and sisters in Christ around mm-hmm. the world who are having to make these similar Those, choices. Yeah, similar mm-hmm. life and death choices to yeah. worship God. I it's it's remarkable. And yeah. it, I think it it's it's easy I think to say, "Oh, I would stand up." But when you're faced with it, I think that's a whole another like I, yeah. I feel like I hope I, I would hope have I the would. conviction. And there I have mm-hmm. offered many prayers of Lord, if Lord, please just don't let me, you know, mm-hmm. be let me help me to be courageous yeah. if that yeah. were ever to happen. Oh, for sure. I I mean, I I have no doubt the, the the pressure was on. I mean, that fire was burning pretty hot, mm-hmm. so it's scary. But I admire the courage of these men, and this you see their boldness. Yeah, getting stronger here. Uh, and and it, even when the furnace, is, yeah, because they make it. What is it? Ten. They make times? it. Yeah, like seven or ten times hotter. Yeah, yeah. something like that. And still, mm-hmm. and still, they mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. And what's ironic is they might have gotten away with their. Protest, it doesn't necessarily see, show that Nebuchadnezzar is there all the time and watching everything, but some people ratted them out. And mm-hmm. uh, it seems like there's these jealous astrologers who uh, saw that these guys did better in school. They were at the top of the class and they don't like it. These are exiles and um, they're getting our jobs, they're getting our promotions, things like that. And so they're ratted out and they are brought to Nebuchadnezzar and he it, it's Uh, he gives him one last chance. He's like, okay, we're going to play the music again. And if you don't bow down right on the spot, you're going into the flames. And so it's like an on the spot test. They're given one more chance to bow down. And as you were mentioning, I know we read this story a lot in uh, Sunday school and in church, but try to bring yourself back to let's say you've never read this before the tension builds mm-hmm. as you are reading this story if i can just read a, a portion here it's he's asking hey shadrach meshach abednego is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the image i've set up 
when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you don't, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue mm-hmm. from our hand? And so if you'd rever- never read this before, you'd genuinely be on the edge of your seat saying, what's going to happen? And I love that his last sentence gets at the main point of the chapter. It's a rhetorical question. And for him, what God can you rescue you from my hand? No one can. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't believe there's a God who can do this. And we're going to see that our God takes up the challenge. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego actually acknowledge that they've disobeyed the king. They say, we don't need to defend ourselves on this matter. We know what we did. Mm-hmm. We, we are not obeying you. Uh, so this quiet rebellion of just standing r- does not mean that they're cowards. They are boldly ev- in front of him proclaiming their faith. It's, I just, I'm speechless. Yeah. It's so remarkable to be able to do that. And again, we see them not doing it in a taunting way either. Mm-mm. Like even again, in their disobedience yep. to the king, they're respectful yeah. in their disobedience. They just had a higher allegiance, mm-hmm. right. a higher allegiance than to the king. Yeah, exactly. So keep going. Sure. Uh, there's a very interesting uh, uh, comment that they make in verses 17 and 18. They say, okay, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, God, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we're not going to serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. So these men are acknowledging God has the absolute power to save. He is more than capable of saving them. But as we know, we can't presume upon God's will. We don't know what he's going to do. And they are not presuming that God is going to save them. They know he is fully capable of it, but they aren't presuming upon it. But they say, they make it clear, whatever happens, we're not bowing down. We're not worshiping the statue. And so I pose these types of questions to my students and I say, you know, there are plenty of people in history that God did not save from trials. Uh, Think of all the martyrs that died faithfully serving God. I can't pretend to tell you why God chooses to save some and not others from martyrdom or their deaths. But we do know that it's not because he's unable to. For some reason, that will probably never figure out the side of eternity. Mm -hmm. Uh, He chooses not to. And this poses for us a tough question. Are we able to affirm that even if God doesn't save us or a loved one from a trial, that God is still God? God is still powerful, he's on the throne, and that he's still good. And this brings to mind uh, a song that I hear here on KTIS quite a bit uh, by Mercy Me. And I think they are actually directly quoting the book of Daniel here. It's called Even If, and they even, you'll hear them even talk about the fire. And so I want to, yeah, if we can play just a section of it, you'll hear that this uh, singer is also saying, you know, God, even if you don't. I'm trusting you. So actually, I'm not able to play the song, but here are the lyrics. I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. I know the sorrow. I know the hurt would all go away if you just say the word. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. 
Yeah, really, that song for me really puts it in perspective. I, I saw them in concert, and to my knowledge, I think he was talking about his son with uh, diabetes. And he's like, God, you know, I know you can save us. I know you can take all this pain and this hurt away. But if you don't, I'm still going to trust you. And, and I think that, for me personally anyway, yeah. that that is a really hard thing to re- that's a really hard tension to reconcile yeah. that God is good. He is so my mom died of uterine cancer 12 oh, years dear. ago. Yeah. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed for her to mm-hmm. be healed and she wasn't. Yeah. And so I really bumped up with the way that I defined yeah. goodness and yeah. God's goodness and it took many 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 years to hold the tension of God is good. Mm-hmm. God is able to heal but sometimes he doesn't and not but and he's good mm-hmm. to have all Still those things. good yeah mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really I think that's a process to yeah. be able to hold that te- and I'm not saying that I do it super well but I'm better than yeah. I was <laughs> but I feel like that's a very normal human response and mm-hmm. uh i i also teach uh old testament poetry and prophecy and when we get to uh the book of job and when we get to the lament psalms and i talk to my students about that and i say you know we ask why all the time and why is the most natural question to ask but i'm just trying to be honest with you we probably won't get the answer why something happened but our response we're called to is is is, is trust and and obey and and not giving up hope and acknowledging God is still good. But the lament psalms are super helpful because those people are mad at God mm-hmm. and they cry out to him in their anger, their frustration and their lack of knowledge about a certain situation. And that's OK, too, right. he, <laughs> to tell him how you feel. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. that is actually that's relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what relationship with him looks like, bringing the good, the bad, the ugly. Yes. I just heard someone here on Faith Radio recently, one of our programmers talking about you can go to God and say, I don't really want to spend time with you right now. Yeah. I'm mad at you. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he, well, for one, he already knows that. Yeah. Yeah. And why hide it? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's I think there's something that's beneficial for us to mm-hmm. to hear ourselves say that yeah. and start work, working through that. And I love that there are passages in the Bible that, in essence, give us permission to right. do that. David did it all yeah. the time. Oh, he did it all the time. And he's like <laughs> calling down on his enemies. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but uh, they're helpful. They're oh so helpful. Mm-hmm. And so this just is a very practical passage. And uh, I just also want to mention, I mean, I always want to be bringing it to Jesus in the New Testament, but notice his unwavering faith and courage when he was put on trial. Mm-hmm. He faced death too, just like these men. He did not give in. The difference, though, is that he actually died. Right. And uh, he went to the cross fully and finally for us. Um, we obviously know he didn't stay dead, but the point is in a similar situation, he didn't say, okay, just kidding, I'm done with this, or uh, uh, I, I'm not the Messiah. He, he was and is, and he was willing to go through death in order to save us. Well, and I think, too, because sometimes, because we know the whole story mm-hmm. of stories, it's, it's easy to, oh, well, you know, it's easy to jump to Sunday. Yeah. But it's important to yeah. linger in Friday. Set, yeah, stay on Friday for a little bit. <laughs> so with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm-hmm. to linger with them outside of the furnace, yeah. still still being true to serving mm-hmm. and trusting the, the one true God. Yeah, That's a beautiful amazing. way of putting that, lingering mm-hmm. outside the furnace with them. I like that. 
Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's conclude what happens. Yeah. I mean, I left it at a cliffhanger <laughs> there for a second, and these men are indeed thrown into the fire, and everything they had just said absolutely infuriated uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he makes it seven times hotter in the fire, and it's just literally. Uh, his anger, the fire, the heat of the fire kind of reflects his anger there. He's, mm-hmm. he's getting hotter and hotter. And now we find out if there is indeed a God who can rescue these men from su- the hands of such a powerful ruler. And Nebuchadnezzar gives us the answer in verse 25. He says, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Now, Scholars debate, okay, who exactly is in the fire? I mean, is it an angel? Is it a manifestation of God himself? Well, in one sense, again, it doesn't really matter. If it's an angel, it's God's angel. Mm -hmm. If it's God, it's God. He's the (laughs) redeemer. Uh, John Calvin made this point. He says what's interesting is that God did not save these men from the fire. He could have made the the flames die down. Mm -hmm. He didn't. He saved them in the fire and he brought them out of the fire unharmed and so again for us god might not always save us from our trials he might save us in the midst of them Mm. and so he might not protect us from every little thing that comes our way uh but he's there for us with he's with us in in the midst of it and and so we see nebuchadnezzar calls the men out and uh another miracle they don't even smell like fire they're fully clothed i love that they have that detail yeah they don't even smell like they don't even smell like it their hair is not even singed and we see that nebuchadnezzar is put in his place he has projected himself as god and as the one in charge but Another one is more powerful than him. And just as we saw in chapter two, we see Nebuchadnezzar moving from a place of anger and rage to, again, praising the God of the Jews. And this chapter ends by him saying he's not going to allow anyone to disrespect the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then the chapter ends. I love this. They get a promotion. (laughs) That's how the the chapter ends. They get a promotion. (laughs) Well, and I love the one of the questions that you pose, and I think maybe we'll just leave sure. people here with this question, too, that for you to reflect on. Are you able to affirm that even if God doesn't save you, save you or a loved one from a trial or difficulty, mm-hmm. that God is still God and that he's still good? And it might be that you are in process. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be that God didn't come through in a way that you wanted him to, and so you're struggling to trust him. Um, And I actually just want to pray for you really quick. Lord, I pray, I thank you, like Anna was talking about, that you are always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. It might not always look like you with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, but we know that you are always with us. And I pray for those that are listening that are, are struggling with that now, are struggling to hold the tension of who you are and that you are good. And I I pray that you would be with them. I pray that you would make yourself known to them in very personal, tangible ways. We thank you for this time to be able to study and to dig into your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us again to look at Daniel chapter 3. And I hope that you'll join us tomorrow when we talk about Daniel chapter 4. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. Special thanks to Professor Anna Rask. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, 
consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com. 